If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and corporate offices in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at XZoneRadioTV.com and all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find out what is going on on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The July 2017 edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is now available. If you'd like to get your copy, all you need to do is visit www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dorothy Holder. She is a clairvoyant energy ther- a therapist carrying a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy from the New Zealand School of Hypnosis. She trains practitioners in vibrational expansion technique of healing while specializing in aura diagnoses. She has been a full-time professional for 17 years and has published Learn Tarot and Tarot Layouts for The Enthusiast and The Moody Foodie Cookbook to aid those undertaking weight loss and dietary programs. She has a Google Play Store where she publishes her affordable hypnosis series of downloads. Her website is www.dorothyholder.com. And Dorothy Holder, welcome to the Exxon. Hello there, and thanks for having me. It's kind of fun doing this across the you know Pacific type of uh, engagements, isn't it? That, that's right, because already where you are, it's our tomorrow, and where I am is your yesterday. This is so true. And actually, <laughs> I spent a lot of time saying what tomorrow is going to be like for you. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Because yeah. we're in the middle of winter and you're in the middle of summer, you know, it, as well. It's rather confusing at times, but I am so mm. happy that you're with us tonight. Thank you. What was it that, uh, you know, kind of brought you to the the work that you do? You know, energy, well, yeah. energy or uh, aura, hypnotherapy. Wow, you do it all. 
Well, there's a few things. I, th- I do see them as the same, to be honest. It's the same kind of energy applied in different mm-hmm. ways. Uh, basically, I was miserable. <laughs> I oh. had a terrible life for quite a long time and decided that I needed to do something to, to resolve that, to fix that for me. I wasn't born clairvoyant. Nothing like that was going on in my life. And then when I started learning meditation and wandering around looking for ways to heal myself, if you like, I've, I discovered energy therapy and that started the whole kit and caboodle meditation. I went through a period, I call the accelerated period of learning for me where I was meditating upwards of six hours a day. Every minute that I wasn't working or mm-hmm. doing something, I was meditating and that just sort of evolved a whole lot of things for me. So that's how that started. I was 40 when that started for me. My goodness. It seems mm-hmm. that more and more people are talking about meditation these days than any of the time that I've been doing the show, and this is 26 years now, it seems right. that within the last three or four years, bang, meditation is the big keyword. Well, it's that there's a, there's a huge drive because I've been professional for 17 years. In mm-hmm. the last 10 years, I've noticed there's a huge drive towards self-healing, you know, finding a method that you can help yourself rather than going off and talking to a counselor or a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist. There's this real big drive to be able to find a method that's personal that you can do at home that's simple uh, that can help you move to a happier state of being and it seems to be more about that having a happier state of being and I think it's a valuable um, a valuable uh, area to ex- to develop you know it's, a, it's something mm-hmm. to seek out anybody that's not happy needs to find what they can that doesn't involve drugs by the way and doesn't involve overeating excessive alcohol that kind of thing it, right. it's, a, it's a positive influence um, what do you think is going on in the world today to cause all the negativity as well as the uncertainty that so many people are finding affecting their daily lives? I'm a little bit different from a lot of <laughs> clairvoyants or psychics in this area. You know, I don't believe that we're predestined on any mm-hmm. level. So I just sort of see it really, if, if you look through history, which I've done a fair whack of, there's been a lot of negativity in the world all along. There's yeah. been war, there's been oppression, there's been slavery. Mm-hmm. I just think we're in the same situation as we ever have been, but we have more information available to us. So instead of living in our little village yep. and being happy little plebs, not knowing what's going on you know, over the border or in another country, we're now very aware of everything in all countries that's going on to the point that it's part of our daily news. And I think that we can be quite affected by that if we overindulge in it, you know? I agree, I, with, I agree with you yeah. 100%, and you and I have to take our first break, so please stand by. Exonation, Dorothy Holder is my special guest. Her website is www.dorothyholder.com. And Dorothy and I will be back on the other side of the short break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Thank you. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Whether you're listening to us on iHeartRadio or the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, across Europe and Asia on Euro Radio TV, or in Belgium on Radio X, or everywhere else on the Exxon Broadcast Network, welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and my special guest this hour is Dorothy Holder. And Dorothy's website is www.dorothyholder.com. What would you say is the most significant barrier we experience in terms of healing, Dorothy? Letting go. That would be my first and final. Letting go of past events and hurts and Mm -hmm. working with clients, especially with hypnotherapy, that's usually what they're struggling with is that they're offended that they were treated in this manner, whether it was a rape or abusive parent or whatever went on in their past, they they can't let go of the fact that it happened to them. And that is the the major thing. It's almost as if if I let that go, they got away with it, mm. you know, because most of these people haven't been to court. They haven't addressed the situation with that person in any satisfactory way. So I would say that would be it. They still hold the anger. But the anger is because they can't let go of the event and that affront is why did that happen to me, especially if they were very young. You know, they haven't done anything to deserve this. And that sticks in the mind and it sticks in the heart. And and it sets a a tone that can lead to often other bad experiences, which is unfortunate. But it starts piling onto their self-esteem issues. And it's really just one of those things where you're building a haystack as you go through life Mm -hmm. if you don't address the initial issue within your past or your emotional regime. Dorothy, you have been fortunate enough to have spoken with thousands of people. Is there a pattern you've seen that is relevant to what we're discussing? Yeah, I I think that 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 would be the word anger moving into the second thing. Anger is why people come to me in the first place. They're angry about what's been going on for them. Mm -hmm. Panic attacks essentially are not being able to deal with this heightened state of emotion that they stay in all the time. It's become normal for them. And when you try to address or even talk to a person in a standard issue, the first thing they are is angry about their life, whether it's what happened to them or their life right now. They find it's easy to get angry about things, anything. And that would be a very common thing to come past. I even wrote articles about, you know, there's acceptable anger, which we call resentment, which leads to horrible marriages. You know, anybody can relate and understand that. Horrible relationships and um, it changes your attitude to life. And as soon as your attitude's out there, then it changes how people treat you. Um, How does hypnosis help and how does hypnosis work? 
Well, the best thing for me with hypnosis is it's really lovely. A person has a wee nap <laughs> and pops on out and they've got a change <laughs> in their life that they, they don't even realize till they're living what was causing the issue to start with. Uh, so how it works is we've got two consciousness. Before it was considered we had a a first conscious and a subconscious. Right. Now it's considered we have a first conscious, a second conscious, and a subconscious. So we've got these different levels of consciousness. And your first conscious is your rational mind, your rational thought, and it's the one that interferes. It says, oh, no, last time we did that, it mm -hmm. didn't work. And so it gets in there and stops the person trying, if you like, or automatically determines that you're going to give up. And the second conscious moves fast. It's really fast. It's the one that kicks into gear when you open that fridge and you're full, and your conscious mind, your first, sub your first conscious is saying, don't need it you're full you don't need it and that next one your hands reaching and grabbing yeah. the peanut butter anyway and there's feeling. no yeah the, the whole feeling is i haven't got willpower because the second conscious is the auto conscious that started goodness knows how long ago and it's the behavior then overrides conscious thought so that's where hypnosis comes and we talk to that second one and we change what your first uh, what your first response is going to be not what your first thought is so a person can actually mm -hmm. think i really want this and then suddenly the thought disappears because the second conscious has kicked in with its new message, which is new instruction, which so, might be, I'm thirsty. I see. So yeah. do you tweak the, the, the person's um, wants and desires? It depends what they want. So a person will come to me and tell me what they want to mm -hmm. achieve, not what hypnosis they want. I'll always determine that for them. But they'll tell me what they want to achieve, more confidence. They want to be edgier. They may want to be faster thinking, right, okay. more comfortable. Or they may want to get rid of fears, phobias, you know, bad habits, dietary, cigarettes, that kind of thing. When we know what they want, then we look at what maybe the causes are, where they are. Then we do a regression. Just about all hypnosis requires a certain amount of regression to go back and release the first behaviors that led to the chain of events, i.e. picking up that first cigarette, sucking on that, and then deciding that as horrible as it was, I'm going to have a second one. We've overridden a basic human function of rejection. And so we need to put that rejection back. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And you mentioned regression. A lot of people that I talk to believe that we can actually bring with us from a past life into this life or past many lives into this life a lot of baggage. And they claim that hypnosis can help get rid of the baggage and allow them to live basically a new life. I, I could be a little unpopular with this one because as both clairvoyant and hypnotherapist, as soon mm -hmm. as you go in looking for a past life, yep. an event that could have happened to you in this life or a behavior or a roundup of, of behaviors or treatments, you will apply that. Your mind is so clever that if I tell you that this is this, while you're in that state, that is exactly what it is. So I've always determined that with regression, you you don't automatically or start with the idea that you're having a past life regression or any experience that you have in your mind through that hypnotherapy, you will apply as if it's a past life, including costumes, mm -hmm. everything in place. So you, your, your mind is a magnificent thing. And I, I, I can see what people do positively with hypnotherapy and the experience that they have I can get a person to hold their arm up for an hour and they won't feel any muscle pain they'll put it down and won't even know it was up there so when you think of that level of control that you're removing all function of you know my arm is tired I can feel the muscles they never have a sore muscle the next day which they could never have done if they were fully conscious of what they're doing because your your first conscious is going hang on a minute this is going to hurt you know, when my muscle's going to seize up, it's going to get tired, then I'm going to tense up, but there's no tension, everything's very relaxed. So with past lives, I'm very aware that 
if you start with the idea you're going into a past life, the person will create that in their mind anyway, whether it's genuine or not. Does it matter? I don't think so if it helps. How's that? All right. As long as it helps, right? As long as it helps, yeah. So uh, a person's b- belief is, is basic to any result you're going to get anyway. Is there any negative or is there any? are there any taboos when it comes to hypnotherapy? Yeah, there are. I, I would never go to an unqualified hypnotherapist, and I know it's a bit popular for a lot of um, psychics or clairvoyants out there to be touting hypnotherapy, oh, know, and yeah. that concerns me because me uh, we had an incident, which if I've got time I can tell you about, oh, please, when yes. I was learning when I was learning hypnosis, one of the ladies doing the instructions uh, over a weekend advanced session told us that we were all going to let go, and by this time, by the way, I'd have been hypnotized so many times over the, the training that all you had to do was say the word hypnosis, and boom, I was gone. It's like, <laughs> this is great. I love it, you know, and then, and then this woman told us in this hypnosis that we were going to, we were manacled by our left ankle to the ground by all of those things we wanted to let go, and we were instantly letting that go. It was all over. Using those words, it was all over, and the manacles just disappeared. We had a farewell a couple of weeks later at the end of the course, and two of us showed up to that course with sprained left ankles, Ooh. and I just thought, that's bizarre, just too bizarre to mention, you know, and so what she needed to do was provide us with that opportunity to keep something we weren't ready to get rid of, and so we can actually put ourselves physically in harm's way to a certain extent, so I always recommend go to a qualified person. If they say they're a hypnotherapist, ask where they got their qualification so that you know you're talking to somebody who knows what they're doing doing it would be the thing yeah that you can when a person's suggestive you can't make them do anything that really doesn't go well with them but if they trust you you can actually get a lot going on there and that can be damaging i had a woman ask me once to hypnotize her so she could forget her husband beat her up for example i know i immediately i said no i said i can hypnotize you to heal faster i can hypnotize you to be more confident stronger but you need to know what that man did to you that's crazy she just got out of hospital with a broken arm so there might have been unethical people who would have said sure we'll do that and you know what what are you going to do with it so you need good moral standards and ethics when a person comes to you asking for things that aren't necessarily in their highest interest which happens quite a bit where you live is a very uh, particular in terms of natural surroundings uh, you live in. Has this have had an effect on how you work or your inspiration for your writing courses that you've developed? Actually, yes, because New Zealand's just tiny, as you know. But it's very free thinking. We grew up without any strong uh, pressures around religion. Everybody went to church for a minute kind of a thing. <laughs> so you learned about it, but you nobody was really oppressing you into that way of thinking as a society or as individuals. Uh, we were one of the first countries in the world to legalize marriage between gays. We're the first country in the world to have voting for women. Now, while that's not me touting New Zealand. It's it says being first and doing things differently is something that as a country, as a society, we're not new to. Uh, we've got the Maori system as well, which is our first nation. And these people have already got a a, a history and healing and an energy and it's very earthbound, you know. So we've got a lot of very we're proud of our, our relationship to the planet and to the earth and to the sea. And so I, I know that that's got a lot to do with where I'm at because I like natural anything. <laughs> I've, if somebody says I need to take pills for my heart, I'll say, are you sure there isn't something natural you could do to help yourself out there? Those are the kind of things that I always radiate back to nature. And that's why hypnotherapy, that's why energy therapy, it's organic. There's no drugs. There's no, not even herbs involved. It's all about your body and your mind making the best choices for you going forward. 
It's it, my main drive. Is energy healing like Reiki? Well, like is one word. The reason I've, I've used the word energy right from the start was I, I learned Reiki, but I learned Satium first. New Zealand's got all of these tons of modalities, mm-hmm. whereas when I go north side, this Reiki seems to be the predominant one. Um, I'd realized that a single frequency energies isn't practical or realistic. Our bodies have multi vibrations working. Your liver vibrates different to your kidney, for example, and your heart and your bones and your muscles. And mm-hmm. so when you've got all of these things going on, you need to be very flexible as an energy therapist. And that's why I sort of took it to that side of it. Vibrational expansion. I, I don't know if you know much about the history of Reiki, but Dr. Isui went into the mountains to learn what became Reiki. He wasn't the inventor of it. There were already Japanese groups that were doing healing. There were groups all over the world. But what he brought back was you expand, which is Reiki 1. Now it's adjusted, but you expand everybody. So when a person gets an expansion, they can't go back. When you apply energy to them, they can, because now it's like putting on a plaster. They feel good for a while, but their problem still persists. So Reiki 1 was, in actual fact, the healing that he did. He only ever trained 16 masters in his lifetime. So it's this interesting area for me. So vibrational expansion is where... You get the expansion for you and your body so that whatever improves and how much it improves is permanent. Now, it mightn't be everything, that first visit or whatever, but whatever does disappear usually disappears for good. And what improves, improves to that extent for good. Um, I, I, I've really liked the fact that I've got serious clients. You know, it sounds terrible, but they're really sick people. They're not people looking for a spiritual experience when they come to me. So I like that. Well, you certainly... You certainly exude um, a, a very positive manner. You you have the energy that I feel over here as a person who knows what they're really talking about. And I appreciate that because here on this show, I've had so many people who claim to be hypnotherapists, Reiki mm. masters coming out of the ceiling, uh, mm. and the new age wannabes are out there. Mm. But, it's a fair bit. Yes, but talking to you, The truth is ringing through, and you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by, Dorothy. Exonation, Dorothy Holder is our guest, www.dorothyholder.com. And Dorothy and I will be back on the other side of this news break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, check out the X Chronicles newspaper for July 2017 at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
ExoNation, Dorothy Holder is our guest, www.dorothyholder.com. Dorothy, what is the most challenging aspect of working in this line of work that you've chosen? Dealing with people who have come to you looking for um, guidance, whether it's clairvoyance, energy therapy or hypnotherapy, and then having them predetermined what that might be, I mm. find that very challenging indeed. And so it, you, it, it's sort of like you're talking to deafness, and, and I find that really hard. I don't manage it terribly well, and I never plan to. <laughs> I never plan to manage it well. Um, there's this idea that sometimes people will come to somebody like me because they want to hear what they want to hear is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. And I find that very difficult because I try to impart something that's true and real and helpful. I've always got that idea that if you if you acknowledge this and it helps your life, then you can move on. You don't want sure. to be coming to see people like me for the rest of your life. You should be able to get into a healing zone, decide what you need, move through it and get out in a year and go and live your life and be happy. Uh, rather than spend your life trying to heal, it becomes a bit of a trap for for some. And I'm not very good with people who aren't really doing it for themselves. You know, I'm here to help you get what you want. I'm not here to be your boss, your controller, your parent. I'm not your psychotherapist. If I wanted to be that, I've got half that training and decided I didn't like it. (laughs) So there's that whole, I'd like for somebody to gain their power and then not need me anymore. I love that. So the most challenging thing is when they don't want to do that, they want me to make decisions for them. Do you ever have people who form a dependency on you and your services? And yes. and what do you do if that happens? <laughs> what I do is I cut them off. I'm terrible. So it's like, get out, go go away, go find somebody else. Um, at that point, there's a point where I'll say, you know, you're being needy or I've got nothing more to offer you is usually what I say because the things I'm saying to you, the advice I'm giving to you is not, being heated it's falling on deaf ears and i don't want to be just making money off you that's not what i'm here for i do perfectly well without having you know clients that have not got the desire to to live their own lives there's other people that will rip them off quite happily i'm just not that lady what would you say was the most significant skill you've learned that has helped you to become a better practitioner Aura reading. Aura diagnosis is definitely the the bottom line for me. I even went to the German Light Institute to learn about light and how light functions and why light works the way it does so I could understand better what I was looking at in relation to the body, the mind and the emotions. And Dr. Fritz Albert Popp, he, he opened an Institute of Light in Germany some years back and the wealth of information has been phenomenal. So aura reading, I get an instant look at a person, usually it can be their health, their emotions, the state of life, depending on what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a whole life's worth of information in that aura, including how it's going to change as they go forward. It's already sort of set in a, in a movement where you can see if it's in transition or if it's static. Uh, that's been the huge, huge thing for me. In fact, it changed my whole direction when I first started seeing auras. So um, I was really just a clairvoyant. And I don't mean that in any derogatory way, but it's a part of a whole for me. It is not the whole on any level. Readings to me are a part of something. The the value of what I do is in the healing aspect, whichever, whether it's hypnotherapy, energy therapy, or or diagnosis. That's it for me. Can you share with us what it's like to, to use the aura as a diagnostic tool? Fabulous. I've got, that's all I've got. It's fabulous. You know, when you look at a person's aura, mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful thing ever. You know, I'd go and do some pretty big shows in Auckland where, we, where I'd have, uh, on average, 
um, 50 readings in a day doing aura readings because nobody really just focused on that too much here uh, or anywhere I go. And these people would be lining up and teenagers were the thing for me and they still are. They'd walk up and, you know, the first thing out of a lot of the mouths of teenagers, especially girls, which breaks my heart a little bit, is I bet I've got a black aura or I bet my aura is ugly, you know, and I'm just horrified by that. And so when you tell them about their aura, you're not just talking about the colours, you're telling them what they are as a person, what their gifts are, what their talents are, what they might want to improve. And they recognise themselves in that, that they, they can see the truth in it. It's not a maybe kind of a thing. You're either right or you're wrong. So you're putting your money on the line every time you read somebody's aura. And you'd see them brighten up. You know, it's like, wow, is that me you're reading? And I'm, yes, that's you. You know, you might have to grow into that a little bit, but that's who you are. And so I, I really love that uh, about it. And, and and it's just like the most phenomenal thing to me. I just love it to bits. Every time I look at a person's aura, I'm just like, wow, I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> I could have gone my whole life and not seen that, you know. Is the aura what people would call um, the, you know, in the, in the in the Renaissance paintings, they would have the the holy halo? the holy people and the, halo. the halos yeah yeah well actually it is and it isn't a lot of people see the glow around a person's head at times because mm-hmm. that's where predominant energy is you know when something's really sparking up a person radiates energy and we say that right we call it health and vitality uh, but the aura comes from the cells of your body and every cell emanates light and you can check that out too uh, I can't remember her name now she wrote a book about it but she was referencing quantum physics which I've also looked into so what happens is the cells in your body emanate little packages of light when you get you know 50 million cells cells in part of your body, not your whole body, there's trillions, but 50 million cells and they're all radiating a set frequency then that becomes something I see in that part of the body. And how they're radiating can describe your health, your focus, Mm. what kind of person you are, whether you're creative or not, and where it is in the shoulder, that same colour could mean something different to if it's at your hip or in your knee. There's a multitude of colours around most people most of the time, shifting and moving. It's kind of beautiful. Uh, I forgot where I was going now. Oh, that's right. It comes out of the cells of your body. So essentially your liver radiates a particular group of frequencies in your spine or each vertebrae can be different if there's something wrong with one of the vertebrae so you can see that uh, emotions you know how we say a person's got a chip on their shoulder yeah I've seen that and I've seen it again and again and again with auras and it's a dark green plug over the left shoulder, whether it's a man or a woman, young or old. When I see that, I know that they haven't formulated or integrated an experience in their life. They haven't accepted it and so they're still angry about it to some level and it becomes what we call a filter um, to their experience. They're seeing everything through that plug uh, in relation to that person. So, for example, say your mother was mean to you, Mm -hmm. then you get married and your wife frowns and you think she's going to be mean to me, so you get mad at her straight away to try and defend yourself. You know, it becomes a very sticky situation. There'll be that green plug on your shoulder that as soon as you see that frown, your mother is who you're talking to, not the person in front of you. Fascinating stuff. Sounds like it sounds like programming. Well, if you want to call it that, I mean, all of our yeah. life is programming. Isn't that you know, the truth? we're we're taught behaviours, we're taught mm-hmm. beliefs, right from a very young age, right from right from creative moment, from the moment that your stem cell, the first cell that becomes you later, is in there. You have already got uh, two generations of memory coming with it, your parents and your your grandparents, and that's been proven. And that brings into question the past life thing as well, right? Because if perhaps you're only accessing that information that actually is your grandparents or your parents rather than your own. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that that we need to take a good look at ourselves and the way that we... Um, I don't want to use the word program children, but mm. educate children. Because, you know, when a child is young, nursery school, 
the year, kindergarten, the mm-hmm. you know first, second, third grade. They are taught about a about a lady that flies on the back of a goose and a cow jumps over the moon and and all of <laughs> these uh, all I, these I'm things. I'm still waiting <laughs> for Prince Charming, my dear. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm here, dear. I'm here. I've been waiting for you. I lost a shoe years uh, ago, and I'm looking for it. <laughs> there it is right there, a size seven and a half. Oh, um, there you go. Okay. You know, and, and then what happens, we, we lead the children into this world of make-believe where the, mm. you know, everything is solved. And, you know, there yeah. is no bad. Everybody's good. And, and then as we get into grade three or four, we pull the, the carpet of fantasy from under their feet. And we say, yep. we've lied to you all this time. <laughs> That's right. The like, Santa Claus. And, exactly. and, you know, I, I'm in total agreement exactly. with you. I never did Santa Claus and Tooth Fairies with my kids. You know, when my yeah. kids lost their teeth, I says, you know, we're going to chuck you a couple of dollars. But if you catch us doing it, we'll take it back. <laughs> so they pretend to be asleep. Yeah. So, you know, kids know that you're lying. They know it's rubbish pretty quickly. And once they do, you keep lying and they buy into it. So you're teaching them to be yeah. dishonest. They, they will stay with your lie. So they keep getting what you're giving them or offering them with it. So I agree with you totally. How does the the amount of uh, mobile access, access, you know, uh, accessibility that we have in the world today affect a person's aura? The microwaves and the the cell towers and this and that. Does that affect us at at a cellular level? Well, I think it can do, but I think also I have to say that it's fairly nominal. Things like radio waves mm-hmm. and um, microwaves, all of that are already there. They're blasting through your body 24-7. They've always been there. All we've done is learn how to use them for our own purposes. Uh, would I stand and put my hand in front of a microwave? Probably not. <laughs> but would I be worried about that out in the world? Are you better off living out of a city than in a city? Obviously, if there's less pollution and you're calmer sure. and you're happier, of course you're better off. Um, I I just think if I'd be a happier, a happier practitioner if people in general would just relax up a little bit. You know, if you're going to focus on all the bad things, you're probably going to have something go wrong at some point. You've you've developed a belief already, and therefore, Biology of Belief was a book that was written by um, Dr. Bruce Lipton about exactly that that we change our biology by our beliefs, and of course. The, the late Candace Pert, Dr. Candace Pert, she was the lady that discovered endorphins. So she's no slouch in the research scientist. She wrote the molecules of emotion and how our actual molecules in our bodies change mm-hmm. based on how we feel. If we have a, a habitual depression, we change how our body functions and we, that could lead to our death. It becomes very hard for it to function differently. We have to retrain it, which is where the hypnotherapy and, you know, this is what the social masses are looking for, a way to retrain their habitual thinking. Uh, Fascinating, really. You know, there are so many kids today that have ADHD and all these other four-lettered alphabet diseases. They've got PTSD and so on and so forth. Mm. When I was a kid, we never heard of these things, PTSD. You never heard about ADHD. It was like... Totally different times. It's because you weren't, and I don't think they are today. We were a bit more relaxed about that. There's a lot less diagnosis of that here, but mm-hmm. it's it's certainly up on what it was. We've got, I think, 
this sounds terrible and it sounds very generalized, but I think we've got a lot of lazy parenting going on. We've got oh, more parents that work. Big time. <laughs> big time. Yeah. We've got more parents that work and they feel guilty that they're working, especially mothers, and they come home and they spoil the brats, yep. you know. Then they send them off to school and there's discipline at school and they're not too good with the discipline. Instead of looking at the big picture, we're looking at how do we manage that? And it reminds me of, you know, the old days of the insane asylums and they were electrocuting people and, and Put, giving them frontal lobotomies and you know they were doing all this stuff to make them manageable rather than looking after them and I think that we're doing that to children today we're making them manageable rather than looking you know if you were a hyper kid that mm-hmm. didn't mean you had ADHD but as soon as they tell a kid that they're telling them that they can't process properly and they can't hold thoughts where well, now you're training that child to be um, less cognizant of his world around him and to pay less attention to things because you've told him he doesn't know how to uh, rather than developing that and helping him out with that or her. Uh, it's it's quite fascinating with ADHD because I actually worked with a lady who had an ADHD child. And I can promise you that most kids are just not that. This kid could not retain information for more than 10 seconds. Mm. We're talking serious. No way he could learn to read or write. That's ADHD. Now you've got a kid running around a bit much and he's ADHD. Yeah. So I, I find that just because they were just called brats when we were young. Isn't that true? You yeah, know, that is true. That is true. You and I have yeah. to take our final break. Dorothy, please stand by. Sure. Thank you so much for Thanks. taking time out of your day to join us. It's been a delightful hour. A pleasure. Exxon Nation. Dorothy Holder's our guest. www.dorothyholder.com. And we'll both be back on the other side as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Dorothy Holder is my guest, Exo Nation, www.dorothyholder.com. Dorothy, we were talking about auras before, and as a person ages, as their life changes, does the aura change? There are changes to the aura. This is one of those big questions. The aura can change actually from minute to minute, but there's what I call a foundational aura, and that's your person, that's your personality, that's who you are, and that doesn't really change very much over time. Aspects of it can change. That is your develop maybe more patience, for example. And so something that might have been shown in your 20s as impatience, Mm -hmm. when you get into your 40s, may not be there. Uh, You may have developed a lot more of a calm attitude, or you could go the other way. You could become more anxious and more panicky, in which case it will develop in that area. But your personality hasn't necessarily changed. Just the way you you, um, interact with the world changes to a certain extent. You know, most people, you can meet them after 10 years and it's very rare to see somebody with radical changes. Something mm-hmm. radical has to happen, i.e. a major life-changing event, uh, an accident where they nearly die. In those cases, there's still a personality is the same, but they adjust everything around that. So we've got, to me, these two 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 parts to that as well as the consciousness is you've got your personality, which is who you are, and you've got your character, which is the bit you build and develop or don't. You know, a person in good character, for example, doesn't have a different personality. Once they later on develop good character. Does that make sense? It does. Or am I talking good? No, oh, good. No, good. no, no, it makes total <laughs> sense. One of the biggest problems that we have here on this side of the big pond is stress. As a vibrational <sighs> healer, how do, you, how do you suggest people cope with day-to-day stress? Well, I would go and get a good affordable hypnosis, and that's not even me plugging myself. You can do little things like that that change every day. One of the noticeable things when somebody comes and has a hypnosis session, doesn't matter what it's for, is they'll tell me, like, for a whole month I slept great, for a whole month I was calm as, you know, nobody could rock me up, and I was really surprised, even if they were only trying to give up smoking. So... You know, if you have a little something you can use when your life gets a bit out of control Mm -hmm. or you want to maintain this lower level, because what I'm seeing in general is that the average state of stress for a person is higher now than ever before, partly because, you know, stop looking at the news. (laughs) That would help. You know, watch the news once a week instead of every day because it doesn't change daily. So have a look once a week or if something happens. But do little things every day that bring you to a more calm state. Most people that turn their TVs off for a week are actually calmer, and they, they've done studies on this by 50 to 100% than they were when they're watching it every day. And so we've got things we can do. You know, we can't necessarily stay out of the traffic jams, and we can't necessarily get rid of the hours drive to work or whatever those pressures are, but we can take care of our mind and how we relate to that. A person who's calm can have a difficult circumstance and be comfortable through through that, work their way through that and carry on their life. A person who's already anxious, this will just rock their world, you know. They mm-hmm. will spend all day whining about the guy that cut them off. I say guy, but I mean any person, right? The person that cut them off in the car as they were driving to work. The calm person will, will be upset for five seconds, you know, or ten seconds. The anxious person will be upset all day. And so you've got your own monitor there. If you don't want to have heart attacks, it's probably a really good thing to look at. <laughs> and you can do it cheaply or free, depending on which way you want to go. Take something out, add something in. Eat fresh food. I'm big on that. Um, so you're advising that people who take who you know use hypnosis get a hypno yep. hypnosis tune up once in a while. Well, they can go. This is why why I did, why I did the Google 
players, they're all $4.99 New Zealand. So mm-hmm. add or subtract three to four bucks. You can download it. It's there. So if you choose one that's, say, for anxiety or for relaxation and sleep, if that's your problem, you've got something that's on tap for you so that you might oh, wing right. along for a while. Uh, if you go and have a session with a person for a specific problem like me, you shouldn't need that done again. But sometimes life gets on top of people. And so if it gets on top of you at some point and you've got a quick go-to, um, you just listen to that and you're good to go for maybe another couple of months or a couple of weeks, whatever it is going on in your life, or it just gets you through the tricky bits. For example, if I hypnotize you to be calm, relaxed and happy and then your husband dies, clearly you know, you've know, you got other emotions going on. We're not trying to make you emotionally dead because we call that a sociopath and we don't want a whole pile <laughs> of sociopaths running around. So the key is to keep a person emotionally alive and just take the top off. Does that make sense to make them not normal, but make them manageable, make them sure. feel good most of the time so that when things go wrong, they've just got a little period of time they have to deal with rather than their whole life. What is the advantage to seeing the future or getting a reading on future events if the, oh. fut- if the future is not <laughs> set and we all have free will? Well, here's the thing. When you're looking at a person's future, you are really looking at the most likely outcome. The truth is, people ask me this a lot, you know, can I change it? Well, the truth is, can and will are two different things. So most people just don't. Um, the occasional times that I, I've, I tell people about their health often, um, one day I was telling a lady that her sister was going to run into health issues in a year's time. So if she does something now, she's got a year to try and bring herself into line. I thought it might be a stroke. Her sister rings me up a week later. This is a few years back. And she said, I've gone down to start this diet program. I am overweight. Will that be enough? And I said, nope, get walking. Walk, 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 walk. Work your heart, get yourself out there, do it. Um, I gave her a hypnosis for uh, lowering her blood pressure, which worked nicely. And so she did inform me about two months later, her blood pressure was lower than it had been in 15 years. And that was the last I heard from her for some time. We get just after Christmas and her sister rings me up and she said, I just wanted to ring you and say, my sister Blossom went out and we had to take her to hospital last night. They think she had a stroke and said to her, quote unquote, it's lucky she's in such good shape because if she wasn't in good shape, this would have taken her out, but she's got no problems. We'll keep her overnight and we'll send her home. So we couldn't quite get rid of the stroke itself. But what we did was, what she did was with that information, she minimized the effects of it and we've all got that power there's a moment when we know we're not right Mm -hmm. if she hadn't been given that this is where we go to self-controlling the future if she hadn't been given that information she would have stayed as she was even though she knew she was overweight even though she knew things weren't right in her body blah 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 she knew she had high blood pressure she knew all of that but nothing was galvanizing her into making a change Um, I I can go on a radio show which I did some years back and this woman rang in and I said I can feel heart problems around you you might need to do something about that now she rings my radio show five months later and says to me "Uh, you were right I had a massive heart attack and I was in hospital and all I'm thinking is well why didn't you do something about that when you had a few months to give it a go so most people really don't make the changes to their life or their story Especially in the area of love, this is what I mean about deaf ears. I've had people ask me about this relationship, this affair, and I'll say, you know, if you go there, it's not going to go well. And then they'll just turn around and say, oh, well, it's my life, my life's karma, it's my thing, it's my soul story, my journey, I've got to go find out anyway. So we can use that as a way of abdicating responsibility. Your behavior is down to you, the outcomes are down to you, and if you want to change it, you can, but most people don't. In your opinion, what is the fastest way to move past life trauma? I'd have to say hypnosis, to be honest, because what what it does there is we're not 
doing a cognitive therapy where a person talks it all out over a period of six or seven or eight months and they know what's wrong with them but they still have the problem. You go into a nice wee relax and then after that you come out and something's just not there anymore. I mean, how easy is that? And it really works that way. I've, I've got a 96% success rate due to good consultations before. Most good hypnotherapists uh, have somewhere in that region of success rates. And if you ask them where their failures are, usually we all say cigarette smokers. Wow. <laughs> Those are where the failures are um, because they're not necessarily prepared to you know, live through any kind of, um, what do you call it, withdrawals. But if you get a person who is wanting to be happier and more calm and relaxed in life and get past post-traumatic stress disorders, they're very quick to do that. Uh, spiders, anything like that, it's, a, it's amazing how quickly a person just doesn't have that problem. It's amazing to watch a person dieting just doesn't have that problem that they've had for years and years and years, and they don't realize it. It's organic. It's natural. It's not in their mind where they're thinking, I can't eat this or I can't do that. Their mind just sort of forgets about it. And you go to even with hypnosis. I spoke to a lady one day, and I, I hadn't seen her for a while, and I'd worked with her for her back. She had chronic back disorder, and she had hypnotherapy for pain reduction. And I met her in the street and said, "How's your back been lately?" And she actually looked at me blankly, and she said, "Oh, oh, my back's great." <laughs> so it's not even in your con your psyche; it's just not there. And that's where the advantage is. It's not a battle anymore. Life shouldn't be a battle. Uh, it should be simple and sweet. And I'm I'm not being fanciful. No. You know, there should be moments of battle. But life itself shouldn't be a battle. See, I'm, I've got a very simple philosophy. Life is simple. Humans complicated. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely, I totally agree. Totally. Yeah. Now, now do you if do your hypno for a problem? Sorry, go on. Do you do hypnosis sessions over the internet to to the Just internet? Just about exclusively now. When I was in Auckland, Auckland isn't the biggest city in the world, but mm -hmm. it's still got one and a quarter million people. And it's still hard to get across town. You know, it takes an hour or so. Right. And I, years ago, when I first did hypnosis, I would have people coming for their first session. If they needed more than one, they'd say, can we do our next session on Skype? I say, yes, absolutely. So mostly I do them on Skype. I use video. So it's like being there, but you don't have to leave home. Mm -hmm. uh, the vast majority of my clients are international these days. So once I started doing that, I just thought, mm, you can come to my office or not. It's up to you. And what they were finding is, you see, they'd have to take half a day off work to come and see me. As soon as we're talking Skype, I can talk to them in my evening or in the morning or any time that works for all of us. So it's been a real it's been awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone can, uh, those uh, listeners tonight who would be interested in using your services can go to your website, DorothyHolder.com, and get all the information. Yes, they can. Totally. Dorothy, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure. I hope that I have the pleasure of speaking to you again in the future. It's been a blast, Rob. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, as have I. And I wish you good luck tonight after the show, going out and getting some fresh fish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good night, Dorothy. Or good morning to you. Good afternoon. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dorothy Holder, Exonation, www.dorothyholder.com. I'm going to be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to get some more information on Dorothy or if you'd like to contact her for a one-on-one -on -one consultation, www.dorothyholder.com. We'll be back right after the news. Don't go away.